We're going to talk about that a little bit today. In fact, if, if I ask you, if I ask you, I'm not asking, but if I asked you today, hey, would you raise your hand if you had an opportunity to share with someone about your faith, share about the gospel? I wonder how many hands would go up in our auditorium. More than likely, your hand wouldn't go up. More than likely, your head would go down. Because we feel this. We feel, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't do this. We're silent. We're, we're weak. And we feel guilty about it. Am I right? But, but friends, think about this. What if a year from now? What if six months from now? We don't have to wait a year. I asked that question. And everybody's hand went up. Yeah. By the grace of God, yeah, I, I, I opened my mouth. I didn't know what I was saying. It didn't go where I wanted to. It wasn't at all like I thought. But you know what? I opened my mouth. Wouldn't that be incredible? It would be transformative. I don't want people to leave here feeling guilty. I want us to be, think, wow, we have an opportunity. God has placed me, me, you, here in Stockholm, 2024, to reflect his light. I know it's overwhelming. In fact, friends, if there's any area of our Christian life where we need the supernatural help and grace of God, it is here. It is simply the boldness, the determination, the patience to share our faith. We all could grow. We should pray to that end. And we should pursue encouraging each other to this end. Let's start today. Let's pray. Almighty God, everlasting light, God of all flesh, God, you who came near, forgive us. We have been silent. We've been ashamed. We've been too busy. God, we've been distracted or disobedient. God, help me to be a vessel filled with your Holy Spirit, radiating the hope of Christ. Shine on us, Father. May we reflect your light. God, I ask that you transform us today. God, we ask that you renew our minds today. We ask, God, that you fill us with your spirit today. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Oh God, Lord of the harvest, send us out to the harvest in Stockholm. Give us faith. God, give us boldness. Give us endurance. Give us grace. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're going to continue part two of a four-part reflection on loving God and loving others. 
This is, after all, what, what Jesus said. That's, that was our memory verse that I forgot to read for you all. Sorry. It's the greatest and the second greatest commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And your neighbor as yourself. We, this, is, this is what we want to focus on. Loving God and loving others. And last week, I took time to emphasize that you and I, we need to seek God's help to do this. You and I have a limited love ceiling in our lives. Can I say it that way? In many directions. You know, number one, we're just not that loving. Can I be honest about that? We're not. Number two, we're not even that lovable. But that's kind of an aside. Number three, you know, our love, if you haven't noticed, it's tainted. And that's not a shout out to an 80s song. Our, our love and our capacity love, it, it's broken. And the best love that you and I can love with, it's blended. It's blended with a very, a very high grade of selfishness. And self-interest. I mean, it, this is how we are. Because the love commanded in this verse, love the Lord your God. You know what the kind of love that is? That is agape love. It's, it's this love of God. It's, it's the love of God that does not come from us. If you want to love like this, desire the highest good of another. You need to be born again. You need to be walking with Christ. You need to be continually being filled with his spirit. Last week we talked about loving God by deepening our relationship with him. Your and mine, our personal time of worship, getting alone with God. Isn't it amazing that Jesus Christ himself, he modeled this when he was on the earth? Friends, he was only here for 33 years. He only ministered for like a period of three and a half years. And think about how much time he spent alone with his father. You and I should follow in his steps. In application last week, I, I should ask you. You should ask me, right? Have you eaten? Have you eaten? What have you fed your soul this week? You know, I say this with just great gentleness, but I, but I say this with great firmness. If you are not spiritually eating, if you are not spiritually communing with God regularly, get help. Find someone to help you do this. Your life is too short to waste. Jesus is so clear on this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You and I, we need to be connected with Christ. We struggle with this, but this is important. We want to learn to make this a priority. This year, I hope we all grow in this. 
I hope this is something that, that transforms us from the inside out. Well, this week we're going to continue, again, considering about loving God. It's going to be a different slant, though. If you want, maybe a title to this message could be The Why, The What, and The How of the Gospel. And to begin our time together, we're going to, we're going to turn to the, the God, or to the book of Revelation, the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 5. And so I'd love to hear the wrestling of your pages as you turn to Revelation chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. We're kind of jumping in the middle of this, this vision that John has of, of, of really of eternity. But friends, this is an incredible chapter. This chapter is 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 giving you and me an opportunity to step within glance of the throne room of God. It's like, it's like if we could just unzip reality as we know it for a second, we're going to peer into eternity and we get to see the throne room of God. This is it. And this should grab your attention and mine. This is reality. And this is what John saw. Verse 1, Then I saw the right hand of him, who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seals. So in this passage, we've got three things. We have John's distress. We have, we have well, four things. We've got a heavenly song. We've got an angelic amen. And then we've got the song of the universe. John's distress. Why is John's distressed here? This is the, the advent of the coming of the kingdom of God. The scroll, it represents God's judgments. God's judgment to come out so that his kingdom can come. And at the thought in John's mind that this was not going to come, he is broken. Let your kingdom come, is what Jesus prayed. It is what we, we cannot wait to the day that that is a reality. God reigns and rules. And for a moment, John's saying it's not going to happen. And he's broken. He's, he's weeping out loud. But then he goes, wait, 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 wait. Don't weep. Why? Because the line of the tribe of Judah, look what it says. He's conquered. He's conquered. There is one 
who is worthy. And that is the key word of this passage. Verse 6, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. We get a preview of that song, friends. It's right here. What do they sing? Worthy are you to take the scroll and open the seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This heavenly song breaks out. Can you even imagine what this sounds like? It gets better. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels. Numbering how many? Myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. That means there's a lot. And they too sing. The whole of heaven erupts in song. What do they sing? They sing worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Wow. Why is this a big takeaway from Revelation? What's the big takeaway from this? God is worthy of worship. It's one of the things that we struggle with living on the earth. God seems far away. We don't see him very clearly. So we so easily forget how great is our God, like we just sang. And we need the reminders, don't we? That's why we go to his word. That's why I'm saying every day you and I should be in God's word. So we can remember just what... Leonardo shared with us, Psalm 130, these words, oh yeah, this is what God did. He's heard my cry. God is worthy. The Lamb is worthy of worship. It goes on. The song gets bigger. It gets better. Because now it's not just the angels joining in, now it is the whole chorus of the universe. It's like the song grows and grows and grows. This is the crescendo. Friends, you can learn these words now so you don't have to be looking down on that day if you're a child of God. They're pretty simple. To him who sits on the throne, verse 13, and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Wow. Amen. This is such, a, such an important concept, friends. It's so, it's so important for us to see this. 
and understand that God is completely worthy of worship. It's, it's, it's how great God is. And our greatest poverty of life is our failure to see this, to embrace it, to understand it. You know, the sum of sin, if you want to say what sin is, it, it's, it's the denial of the glory of God. Every time I sin, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying, no, that glory I'll take for myself. Romans 1 states it like this, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against, un, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That's what we naturally are. We're truth suppressors. Why is God's wrath revealed, you ask? Well, verse 19, Romans 1, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Friends, this is why people are without excuse. When we look around creation, we are to understand that creation, there's a creator who made creation. We look outside, we see the stars, we see the wonder of the frost on the trees, we see the sunset. We look at ourselves and the, the, we look at the extraordinary, complicated, amazing world we live in. And it testifies there's a God. It was plain, God says. God has shown to them for his invisible attributes, namely the eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. You see, in the world there is an evangelist. It's creation. That's the, that's the evangelist on the outside. But God didn't leave us just with creation. He also gave us an evangelist on the inside, didn't we? Our conscience. Our knowledge of what is right and wrong. For although, verse 21, they knew God and they did not honor, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. That was you and me. That was me. Except for the grace of God. I no longer have to waste my worship. Because we need to know that, right? Everybody worships. Everybody. Richard Dawkins, big atheist that he is, he is a worshiper. Do you know that? He worships himself. He worships science. He worships knowledge. He's consumed with it. He's quite, a, quite an emphatic worshiper. The poor guy who sat on the street last night slept there. He worships. Your bus driver. She worships. All worship. But God alone is worth and worthy of worship. 
You know, a little over 350 years ago, there was a, there was a gathering of a, well, a number of godly people. And they gathered for a long, long time. And they were thinking and praying and deliberating. How do we best articulate the faith of the Bible? And they made a lesson plan, amongst other things, to help teach it. The simplified version, for simple people, like you and me, has a mere 107 questions. Now, regardless of your theological flavor, what you, where you want to throw yourself in theology, I hope you agree that this is a thoughtful document. And the first question of this catechism, if you know what I'm talking about, it's a phenomenal question. And the question is this, what is the chief end of man? 350 questions. They said, hey, this is, this is number one on the list. This we should think about. Why do you exist? Why? The chief end, the question answers, end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The purpose of your life, of my life, of every person alive on the face of this earth is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Colossians 3.17, it helps us this. It, it, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, in my mind, this is one of the most liberating scriptures in the Bible. Did you, did you hear what it said? In most things that you do, in word or deed, it didn't say that. In the Christian things that you do, in word or deed, it didn't say that. It said, whatever you do. Whatever. No, whatever, whatever I do, is it possible that that can bring glory to God? I mean, doing the dishes? Yeah. Taking, taking out the garbage? Yes. Getting out of bed? Yeah. Going shopping? Yes. yes. <laughs> I got an amen. Dusting the living room. Can God be glorified by changing a diaper? Yes. Can God be glorified by how I wait for the bus? By how I wait for the bus when it's 20 minutes late? Yeah. Can God be glorified by what I eat? Absolutely. A bag of cheese puffs? Yes. How about ice cream? Absolutely, because 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. Friends, you see what God has done? He has saved and redeemed your life, all of it, so that your life and mine, everything I do has an opportunity to glorify, to worship God. We don't have to wait to stand before the throne to worship God. We don't have to wait till Sunday morning. 
Friends, at your job, all that we do, can God be glorified? Yes. Crunching numbers, answering emails, sitting through that meeting that feels like it'll never end. We can glorify God. What about interacting with your grouchy coworker or your boss? Yes. Yes. I can glorify God in all these areas. What about my leisure time? My hobbies? Can I glorify God going to the gym? Can I glorify God on Instagram? Can I glorify God taking a nap, playing a game, watching a movie? Yes. Yes, in fact, we should want to glorify God in all of these things. And if you can't glorify God in those things, friends, you shouldn't be doing it. You see, God is worthy of our praise, of our life. You see, this is the thing that we need to understand. How great is our God? He is so worthy of our life. And you say, well, these small little things, yes, everything. That's how worthy he is. Whatever you do, isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that show us the depths of God's redemption? He wants all of our life. Let's take that question a little further. Why do you exist? Well, I hope you understand. It's to glorify God. Why does your neighbor exist? Why does your coworker exist? Why do your classmates exist? The cashier at the grocery store where you do your shopping, why does she exist? They exist to glorify God. That is why they're created. Friends, think about this. Let this sink deep down into your soul. They cannot glorify God. Nothing they do can glorify God until they are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Until, they, until, until God saves them, everything they do, everything they, 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 they are, it is a blemish to God. And God is worthy of their worship. It's only right. In fact, the most right thing in the universe, that everyone and everything should glorify God. And what if we begin to see evangelism as an opportunity to increase the worship of our great God. Because he's worthy. I want someone else's voice to be added. I want their life to be added to the praise that God is so worthy of. Psalm 107, it, it has this cry, if you know the psalm. Psalm 107, verse, starting at verse 10, it says, Some sat in darkness, and the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and, and irons. 
for they had rebelled against the word of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor and they fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Have you done that? Just what Leonardo talked about, calling out to God out of the depths. And he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. And then Psalm 107, if you know the psalm, this verse repeats over and over through the psalm. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to the children of men. In some versions it reads, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. The reality is that God has been so good to all of us, to everyone. Well, that is the why of worship or the gospel. The why is to give God the glory to God to be glorified. It's probably worth talking about the what of the gospel. Ultimately, what is the gospel? I'll quote the booklet again, because I like how he just said it. What is the gospel? 2,000 years ago, an invasion took place. Heaven came to earth in the person of Jesus, and he inaugurated a whole new kingdom. For 33 years, he lived a life of unflinching, perfect faithfulness to God the Father. In other words, he lived the life that try as we might, we cannot live. And because he loves us, he died the death that we deserve to die. As a believer in Jesus, I can know that on the cross, he was treated as if he had lived my sinful life so that I may be treated as if I have lived his righteous life. And then Jesus was buried until he wasn't because on the third day, three days later, he got up and walked out of his tomb. And now everyone who turns from their rebellion, whether of the plainly wicked or the subtle religious variety, and trusts in Jesus is united to him in this life and the next. Believers will one day be resurrected in new bodies, fit for a new resurrected earth. We will enter into the joy of the triune Lord, Father, Son, and Spirit, and live forever with him. What is the gospel? This is, this is the message. It's the good news. Christ came. I like how, how another author, Greg Gilbert, summarized it in four simple pieces. What is the gospel? The gospel simply is, is God. It's man. It's Christ. And it's our response. The gospel is that there is a God of heaven. He is perfect. He is just like I've said. He is worthy of our worship. He is perfect. He is the creator. He is the God of all. 
He is all love. He is all holiness. He is merciful. He is mighty. And then there's man. Us. I read about it in Romans 1 already, right? We've all turned our own way. We man, women, we're truth suppressors. It's not that we just don't know what to do. It's we know what to do and we do the wrong anyways. We're broken. We're like the car with the steering that always goes to the right. We can't stay on the road. We're separated from God. We see this in our broken relationships, don't we? It mirrors how we are with God. We, we don't treat others like we, we should, like we know we ought to. Man is separated from God by sin. And Jesus is the one who came to earth, just as I read, to, to live that perfect life. To actually die in our place as a sacrifice for sin so, that, so we could be reconciled to God. So the gospel is those things, God, man, Jesus. And it leaves all of us with a response, doesn't it? How am I going to respond to that? It is important to know that not responding is a response. We need to turn to God and say, I have nothing to bring. My righteousness is like a yucky, yucky rag. I need a savior to know that God's promises, he who comes to me, I will not cast out. That is the gospel. So the why of the gospel, for God to be glorified, the what, the gospel. Let me close by talking about the how real quick. I mean, how does this go in real time? We know this, but like day-to-day life, how do I begin sharing my faith? If you've been neglectful, if you simply have not been telling others about Jesus, number one, you should start with confession. Just turning to God and saying, God, I've not been the messenger that you've commissioned me to be. I've not been living here as a good ambassador representing you. I've been actually maybe representing my kingdom. And I just want to confess that, God. I want to, I want to tell you I am, I'm wrong. I, 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 want, I want to turn. It's so good for us to tell that. God, I, I really need help. I feel controlled by fear and not by love. Forgive me. God, I've been so busy. I've been blind to the biggest needs of those around me. We've all sinned by being silent. We should confess this to God. Where do we begin? We, we confess sin. We, we, number two, connected. Connected. John 15, 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. 
nurturing our relationship with God. You see, this is an important part of this. In order to be light bearers, the light has to be shining in us, upon us. We need to take time to be feeding, walking with God. This makes us available. This is what, this is what I'm saying to God, isn't it? When I'm saying, I want to live for his glory, it's saying, God, I'm available. That's the idea of what, again, what Leonardo shared about waiting on the Lord. God, I am available to you. I want to be working on your time program, not just mine. Use me as you will. You see, evangelism without connectedness to Christ, without walking in the Spirit, we should not expect there to be fruit. So number one, confession. Number two, connected. Number three, you and I should be calling. Calling on God for strength, grace, wisdom, and boldness. See, one of the greatest things about evangelism is I quickly come to a place where I realize I can't do this on my own. You see, and this drives me to pray. And that is a good thing. In fact, could I go so far as to say maybe the greatest part of evangelism is prayer? To be going again and again and again to people in prayer. I, I, love the, I love the testimony of um, George Mueller. George Mueller was a, a man who lived in Bristol, England like 180 years ago, and a long time ago. And he had an orphanage. He took care of kids that, that had no parents and no family. But he also liked to share his faith. And George Mueller had two friends Two friends that were, were acquaintances with him before he was a Christian. So he had known them all his life, and he prayed. He prayed for them all, all the time. I, th I think there was actually four, and two of them came to faith in Christ. George Mueller went to the grave, and two of his friends had yet been saved. He had prayed for them all his life, some 50 years. Pretty remarkable that one of his friends, as George Mueller's hearse was going down the street, looked and thought about eternity and called upon God for salvation. Friends, we, we, we cannot control how people respond, but we can control whether we are a vehicle for the message. But we should be praying and we should be asking God, let your Holy Spirit be at work. Working in people's hearts and lives. H.B. Charles said it this way. Prayer is arguably the most objective measurement of our dependence upon God. You see, the things you pray for are the things that you trust God to handle. The things that you neglect to pray about are the things you trust you can handle yourself. Just praying to God, God, help me. Help shine forth the gospel in my words, in my life. God, give me boldness. God, give me power. God, give me persistence. Give me opportunity. Isn't that a great prayer? If we got up in the morning and said, God, I, I, I am 
asking, could I have one opportunity today? One opportunity, and I'm going to be waiting. Where somehow, somewhere, I don't know who, what, but I'm going to be able to share, I'm going to be able to point someone towards Christ. God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, would you do that? You think God would answer that prayer? What do you think? I think so. Number four, calling on God, confession, connected, calling on God. Number four, we should be collective. What do I mean by that? Well, it starts with C. We should, we should depend upon others. We should look for others for help. Do you know somebody in the church? They, they, they seem to be able to do this well. The gospel seems to be jumping out of their life all the time. Talk with them. Ask them. Help me out here. We should, we should turn to one another and say, would you be praying for me? I've had so many opportunities with my neighbor, but I just, I just never, I never want to take that step. Would you, would you pray for me? We should be collective. We're not supposed to be doing this by ourselves. Number five. Let me give you one more C. We, per, we pursue competency. How, how do I share the gospel? What do I say to someone? How do I begin that conversation? Friends, we should, we should look for help. There's a lot of good books. I just handed one out today. Well, why read a book? Well, a, a book is like having a conversation with somebody, right? And, and I think the best books on evangelism are not necessarily a how-to. They're looking to transform us. They're like looking to awaken what, what God has wants us to be doing in our lives. So pursue competency. Find some opportunity to, to, of how you might be able to share the gospel. Create some opportunities. Invite a bunch of people over on a Friday night. Invi invite some of your believing friends with some of your unbelieving friends and, and see what happens. <laughs> there might be an opportunity. We, just, we should be creative. We should be seeking opportunities. I don't know, maybe you're like me. I don't consider myself a particularly bold evangelist. I'll read you another quote from this little booklet because, because this has captured my mind so much. Quote, When the moment arrives and the door cracks, that is the door cracking open to, to share my faith, suddenly you tense. Or suddenly, sorry, you sense you could redirect the conversation to spiritual things. You may feel physically miserable. Seriously. A pit in your stomach? That's normal. A racing heart? That's normal again. Shaky voice? Welcome to evangelism. But these unpleasant feelings are not a signal to escape to postpone, to kick that can down the road for another time. No, no, no. Wait for a, a sign that says next time. No, no, this is the moment to face fear head on and put fear in its place. Yes, fear, you are really powerful. 
But fear, you are not omnipotent. You are not my king. I don't answer to you. I answer to King Jesus. I'm going to lean on him and take a step of faith. Oh, friend, what an opportunity. You've prayed it many times. I want to be more like Christ. I want God to be transforming my life from the inside out. I want to be more like Jesus, don't you? I'll tell you what, sharing your faith, reaching out, going into that unknown, stepping out where we're afraid, this is one of the greatest opportunities to walk with Jesus. Why do we do this? Because God is worthy. God is worthy. Just to land this, a very simple application. I would encourage you to take some things to God in prayer. But if I asked you, if I asked this very simple question, three people, three people God has placed in your life right now. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. I don't know, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody you, you always see as your, your daily routine going around. It's somebody at the gym. I don't know. I bet there's three people. Maybe God has placed those people in your life. Could I, could I go one step further? Could I say this? It might be possible those three people have no other contact with anybody who is a child of God. And God has placed you there so that the light and the hope of Christ could shine out of you, out of me, into their lives. Oh, may we turn our hearts to God and be praying for those people, for praying for opportunity, and say, God, would you, would you be at work? Would you set the stage? I, I, I want to be able to tell them about you, Lord. You see, the whole sum of this is under the topic of loving God. Friends, because our God is worthy. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of the adoration of all the voices and hearts in the world. And God has placed us here that we can shine forth his light to others. May we be bold enough to declare that he's worthy. May he be glorified. Let's pray. Lord God, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to your paths everlasting. God, how I pray that you would transform my life, my fear, my empty excuses, my lack of trust and even belief in you. God, be at work in my heart. 
Be at work in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. God, I pray that you'd be at work in the hearts of those here today who may not know you, who have not put trust in you, who do not believe that you're worthy. Oh God, convince us of our, in our hearts, in the very depths of our hearts, that you are worthy. You're worthy of everything that we do. You're worthy of our whole lives. Oh God, may it be proclaimed with our lives, with our deeds, with our words. God, that you are worthy. We ask this and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.